welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pod Du Jour. I am, as every week, I am Andrew. And uh, we're one down this week. Thomas is currently in the wake of last week's episode, assisting police presently in their inquiries. So, pending bail conditions, we will be bringing you a fresh-from-the-oven, brand-new episode of the Pod Du Jour next week, one can hope. But in the meantime, we've brought you another one of the recommended and, nay, demanded episodes from the past from the days of the show du jour on radio. Now, our previous employers have been kind enough to provide us with the audio file of this, and we've done some editing, of course, so there are certain parts, namely the performance aspects of this one, that you will find missing. I am, of course, referring to the 1987 World Mime and Jugglers Association Grand Prix Final Tournament Edition. Now, you will be ready for some greatness here, and ladies and gentlemen, I don't think there's much else to say, but let's get to it. Welcome fans to the show du jour and we got one for you today. Fans, for seven years you have been clamouring for this and we at the show du jour always listen to our fans. Therefore, welcome once again to the 1987 World Mime and Jugglers Association Grand Prix Final Tournament Edition sponsored of course by Sinclair Computers. Number seven in the computer market but number one in our hearts. That it is, of course. We are there with my amigo Thomas, and Thomas, welcome today. Thank you for having me once again. Oh, that's great. In 1980, we had Cold War a go-go. Now, here in 1987, it is World War II The Revenge, pitting once again the proud nations of France and East Germany in a battle to the death of mime. We started with the sweet 1653, and now three weeks of furious emoting have led to this moment. Two men, one of them a woman, Rico Depo, the strongman of Mime, representing France, is competing here against Domaitchen von Mime, the maiden of Mime herself, Gretchen Meyer of East Germany, competing not just for bragging rights, but for, of course, the title of best Mime in the world and a princely sum of 6,500 francs. Thomas. My thoughts on this Grand Prix are exactly what you would expect if you know me. Why am I back at a miming and juggling show? I thought the court banned me, you thought the court banned me, but in fact, there was a subclause, there was a hole, there was a loophole, and I'm back, baby. I'm back at the Grand Prix. It doesn't matter what my ex-wife said, it doesn't matter what my illegitimate children said, I am back here judging mimes, jugglers, and the rest of the silent art performances. If there's anything I know about this man, it is loopholes are the way of the future. And now I think there's nothing else to say for us, but let's get on with the show, and let's see what these gentlemen and ladies have to say. Alright, so today we're judging our competitors at the wonderful, the ostentatious, the extremely beneficial venue, Andrew. The Theatre Memorial du Philippe Pétain, who I hear is a local hero around these parts. I, I, I believe he is one of the most highly regarded off this uh, local venue. Now, we have a judging criteria of seven to judge our mimes today. Uh, that starts off with poise, runs into facial expression, costuming and makeup, props and or illusions, content and message, the average decibel measurement across the whole performance, not just any select moment, and of course we finish with our verdict. Now the verdict of course, that is going to be obviously collated from everything else as you would expect a verdict to do. Now. Not only are we judging this today, but we have been joined, of course, by a legend in mime, one Monsieur Marcel Marceau himself. And Monsieur Marcel, thank you very much for joining us. Oh, it's wonderful to have you here, yes. I agree, I agree completely, and I know, as you, are, as you just said, through the expression on your face, 
and the leaning of your arm that you are ready for this. And now I think we are too. And ladies and gentlemen, let's get underway with the show. Finer, a finer standard of, of mime I don't think you'll see anywhere this year. Uh, a tremendous performance from both sides there. We've commended them both heartily with clapping and standing. And now it's time. Some of us to just uh, tell us more about these two, a little bit more about them. So I thought we could give them a bit of an explanation on these two. Um, I thought we'd start, of course, with Demetian von Mime. Gretchen Meyer herself. Now, since being banned for life from competitive swimming, cycling, and athletics, she has fully embraced her mind potential and has been laying waste to the competition as we've seen these many months. She's uh, been an amazing competitor, getting through the 1,653 competitors uh, and only this time succumbing to uh, seven homicides to get to the final round as opposed to her regular double figures. I thought that was a personal improvement on her part. I think, she's, I think she has to be up there for the awards come July. Now, Rico Depot, of course. Now, he is the head trainer at the Shields and Yarnell School of Mime in Twisp, Washington State. Now, for those of you wondering why a mime school would be opened in Washington State, the depression of the Pacific Midwest breeds mime like mold on a dish sponge. I think uh, if you were a psychologist looking to get a career boost, uh, you would move to Washington. It's probably the saddest place this side of the Western Hemisphere. And uh, certainly, uh, Brico Depot himself has represented his home state with much uh, depression. I think he's done a tremendous job for both his adopted America and his native France. And now we see where that goes with regards to the ratings. And we get through now to poise. And I think we should start. It's the best place to start. It's the first one. I think we should go there. And for Brico Depot, of course, with poise, his emoting is so vivid, so loud, you'd think he was speaking. Except, of course, we know he wasn't because of the decibel meter. I mean, in the, in the case of Mr. Depot, uh, actions speak louder than words, and his muscle control is right up there with your Richard Simmons-style approach of muscle control and uh, glute flexing. It is tremendous, of course. Now, that brings us to uh, Gretchen Meyer. Where, now, long has the Western world feared an ideological superman? Well, today, that man has shown that he is a woman. Uh, she had the body language that channels the strength of the proletariat and the inevitable working-class revolution that Trotsky foretold many, many years ago. Ms. or Mrs. or Mr. Meyer today uh, represented the underclasses with great aplomb. I think it was tremendous. I think she should go back to her home's country with her head held high and her fists full of money. Now, of course, that brings us to number two, which is facial expression and... When it comes to Gretchen Meyer, I think just so angry. So very, very angry. I think uh, when I looked into her eyes and, and read her face, I saw a clear reflection of the absence of material worries in a worker's paradise. It was very obvious that she doesn't get caught up with these McDonald's and these Burger Kings and these chairs and tables people could buy. You could see in her face, she sleeps on a dirt floor like every other worker should. Meanwhile, when it comes to Monsieur Depot, his face is full of joy of a new love and the sadness of a third divorce. 
Yes, certainly his face read like a book of happiness. It was evident on the surface, but crippling depression and a cocaine addiction were in those eyes from my perspective. My only question at the end of his performance there was who was his dealer? Um, I don't know. We'll ever get the answer to that. Maybe we will after the show. Who knows? Uh, but now that comes, of course, to costuming and makeup. Now, for, uh, for, Mad- for Madame Maya, I said an unusual choice to perform in military dress, but not unwelcome. See, once I got past the uh, military dress and the uh, breasts covered in medals, uh, people's medals, I would add, uh, she, she represented a plump and radiant figure uh, in defiance of capitalist propaganda efforts to convince you of human rights violations uh, that side of the wall. Of course, but Rico Depot, now as the first sponsored mime, he is of course clad in the uniting colours of Benetton. Though I felt that having their logo on his face paint was a bit on the nose for me and the cheek as well. Yeah, just re- he really channeled those bright, exuberant colours, colours that were brighter than the future of Western capitalism. And as my good friend Jesse Jackson said in his 1984 campaign, you've just got to follow the rainbow. And those words, true words, have never been spoken. And that, of course, brings us to number four, which is props and illusions. And now, when it came... To Gretchen Mayer, I felt that uh, her use of a rifle was a bold choice. It was a particularly bold choice to have it loaded with live ammunition. And I'd like to say now that we wish the audience members affected a speedy recovery. Yes, absolutely. Rifle in one hand and the results of a bumper crop harvest in the other. Uh, Ms. Mayer used props to great effect in convincing me that any imperialist American had better look out. Of course. But... Monsieur Depot, of course, his performing of a heart attack was so good, doctors in the crowd were calling time of death. Other eliminated competitors watching from the wings came out and carried him away on a mime stretcher, leading me to ask the question, how the hell did they do that? Just, uh, but just prior to that death scene, there was a remarkable moment where he had me drawn into the illusion that miming is a serious art form worthy of the respect we traditionally reserve for the likes of the aristocracy and the church. Indeed, but that led us flying, ladies and gentlemen, flying into content and message. And my colleague here, he emoted greater than I could the message provided by Ms. Mayer. Oh, Ms. Meyer's message was, was clear. It was clear from the start to the middle to the end and even resonates deep within our souls at this very moment. It's that man and woman were the master of their own destiny so long as that destiny is a dictatorship of the proletariat. It was clear that she believed a spectre is haunting Europe, a spectre of mime, and that the world turns with Moscow at its axis. Do not claim to love your country before you have given your life to it. Fifty years of separation. Let's end that tragedy very quickly. Let's draw an end to this division, tear down that wall, bring these countries back together under the red banner of the workers' dictatorship. See, as I told you, ladies and gentlemen, this man knows. This man knows. Now, on to Brico Depot, and of course, he was giving you a message, a message of love and loss, of life and death, of Coke and Pepsi. Again, the sponsorships are a bit much, but at the core of the message was simply life be in it. Yeah, uh, it was a performance where he channeled all the right moves, drew on all the right emotions, and sure, the brief interlude where he was served with summons, that, that can be ignored. But his message was consistent and clear. Do the right thing. It's an obligation. The planet will thank you for your cooperation. And I think from there we move on to the decibel measurements. Now, we did the measurements, of course, and Brico Depot 
passed with silent flying colours. Uh, a spectacular, noise-free performance. However, of course, Gretchen Meyer did not, due, of course, to her use of a rifle. That AK-47 really did uh, cost her in that section. But an, an inaffordable rifle all the same. Now, that brings us, of course, to the verdict. Now, I felt that Rico Depot was bridging the old guard of mime with the avant, commercially-minded mime of today, the wave of the future, and the taste of a new generation. I think uh, when we look at Mr. Depot, we saw a person who not only stood up for what he believed in, but what his corporate shills believed in as well. And that, of course, you can't ask for anything more than that out of a mime. And now we'll go to my colleague, where he will advise us. Where did you think that, uh, that Maiden Maya went with that? She started strong, she continued strong, and she finished strong. She was a demonstration of the second wind of communism that we're seeing right now under Premier Gorbachev. The USSR is strong, her performance was strong, and by gosh, we see the strength coming from Ms. Meyer tracing all the way back to Stalin, Lenin, and the people oppressed by the evil Tsarist regime. I think that is a tremendous way to, to, to frame that, and a very honest way. Something not seen very much in this day and age. Uh, but now that leads us, of course, to the point of now presenting the award to the winner. And to present the award, of course, we have Monsieur Marcel Marceau, ladies and gentlemen, up there. On, he's coming up there on the stage. And any moment now, he will be ready to present. And now, wow, look at him go. I mean, there weren't even stairs there. There weren't stairs, and somehow, he, ladies and gentlemen, he has made it to the stage. He's carrying the wind. Is the wind that is not on that stage? It's carrying the novelty check. He is not holding and pushing him backwards, it, it's just... It, it's, is that a trophy he just pulled out of his pocket that doesn't exist either? Well, it, I think it exists very much in, in that space. In the space of the moment. But at the moment, re reality, it this does not amazing. exist. But this it's tremendous. I... Sorry for that, uh, ladies and gentlemen, a little bit of a discussion there, but that has come to an agreement. And the agreement we have come up with is that the winner of the 1987 World Mime and Jugglers Association Grand Prix Final Tournament Edition, sponsored by Sinclair Computers, of course... Number seven in the market, number one in our hearts. They are, and they would be agreeing with us right now that the clear winner of this is... Monsieur Marcel oh, Marcego! Tremendous performance from Monsieur Marceau and a tremendous performance from us, I think, in reviewing what was clearly two peak athletes, but just showing that a man in his 80s, I've got to assume, coming upstairs that don't exist with a check that doesn't exist for a trophy that doesn't exist for money that does exist in a competition that absolutely exists. There's just, you can't top that. You cannot top that work. And you see again why he is the master of mime. And I think on that note, and as the competitors appear to be loading up real and imaginary rifles alike, this is Andrew. I'm Thomas. And we are getting the hell out of here. Good night. Mm -hmm.